You are listening to the She Speaks podcast. The She Speaks podcast is here to normalize our experiences in life and business by sharing our stories of rising from the proverbial ashes of our real life trials and tribulations. When we share our experiences, we give others permission to keep putting one foot in front of the other, remember to breathe, and to never, ever leave the power of our promising futures on the table. Tune in weekly for fresh new content that will inspire you to share your story too. When I rolled out of bed that Saturday morning, my entire body was aching. A line of bruises ran along my swollen stomach, and I felt dizzy for some reason. This must be a weird side effect from the medication, I thought to myself. Even though I only had 30 minutes to get ready, I found it hard to get moving. I felt a familiar, deep, vibrating ball of energy in my chest. That was where my depression sat. It was a constant, unwanted companion that I couldn't seem to get rid of no matter how hard I tried. I got dressed and managed to eat a piece of buttered toast before leaving for the fertility clinic. My husband was working in the basement with some plumbers, so I had to go by myself that morning. I arrived at the clinic as soon as it opened, but I was still there for over an hour and a half. I spent most of the time sitting on a hard plastic chair in the dim waiting room, watching the headlines scroll across the 24-hour news channel. I was waiting for my turn to get a blood test and an ultrasound before meeting with the doctor. I was anxious to find out how our second round of in vitro fertilization with PGD was going. PGD is a test that can be performed on embryos to determine if they have a genetic disease. I was diagnosed as gene positive for Huntington's disease, HD, two years earlier. HD is a degenerative neurological condition that causes cognitive impairment, uncontrolled movements, and emotional issues. As a carrier of the gene, I know I will develop the disease, but I don't know when the symptoms will start. Along with my diagnosis came the knowledge that any child I conceived had a 50% chance of inheriting the disease from me. After receiving my test results, I became terrified of my future, and I fell into a deep and long-lasting depression. I questioned whether my life had value if I was just going to get a horrible disease and die. I felt that when I got sick, I would become a burden to my family. I was worried that my husband would leave me and I would end up alone and unloved for the rest of my life. Most nights, as I was trying to fall asleep, I would lie in my husband's arms crying. Are you sure you still love me even with HD? I would ask him. Yes, of course I still love you, he would always reply as he wrapped his arms around me even tighter. My diagnosis was so all-consuming that I couldn't see myself as anything other than someone who was going to get HD. I struggled to figure out how to move on with my life, including what to do about having children. Would it be morally correct to have a child when there was a 50% chance of passing on the disease? Could I live with the guilt if my baby inherited HD from me? Amidst all that anguish, depression, and loss, My husband and I decided to have a baby despite the risks. If our child inherits HD, there might be a cure for it by the time they grow up, I said to comfort myself as we tried to conceive month after month after month with no success. 
Eventually, we sought the help of a fertility doctor. We tried fertility treatments that were as minimally invasive as possible, starting off with cycle monitoring, interuterine inseminations, and more. Unfortunately, none of the treatments worked, and I was dealt a second medical blow in a short period of time, undiagnosed infertility. The only option left to us was to try in vitro fertilization. Since we are going that far, we decided to pair the treatment with pre-implantation genetic testing so that we can ensure our baby would not inherit Huntington's disease from me. When I finally left the fertility doctors that Saturday morning, I was still feeling dizzy. I went through the drive-thru on the way home and picked up coffee and donuts for the guys working in our basement. Immediately upon opening the front door, I smelled sewage coming from downstairs. The pungent scent was making me gag. Turns out that the plumbers had discovered a cracked sewer pipe, which they were in the process of fixing. I quickly placed the coffee and donuts at the top of the stairs and yelled down to let them know it was there, before retreating back outside, away from the smell. I slumped down onto the front steps, resting my head on the brick wall beside me, exhausted and still dizzy. My coffee and donuts sat next to me, untouched. I probably shouldn't have been driving today, I thought to myself. I didn't ask my husband for a ride because I knew that would be like admitting I couldn't handle it. And as soon as I acknowledged how hard it was, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to keep doing it. I received the results of our second IVF on a cool fall afternoon. I had the day off and was puttering around the house, doing the laundry, vacuuming, and cleaning the dishes, anything to keep my mind off things. I was anxiously awaiting a call from the clinic nurse with our pregnancy test results. When the phone rang that afternoon, I was almost afraid to answer it. Your test has come back negative. I'm so sorry, she said. Okay, thank you. I managed to squeak out before hanging up the phone and collapsing onto the bed, sobbing. I knew in that moment that I wouldn't be able to continue doing fertility treatments. I was physically and emotionally drained. My husband and I were faced with another life-altering choice. Did we want to go against what our friends, family, and society expected of us and live child-free? Or did we want to try adopting to create our family? I always knew that I wanted to be a mom, and I didn't want to give up on my dream. After giving it a lot of thought, we decided to try adopting. Miraculously, five and a half years after we started trying to have a baby, we created our family through adoption. When I was diagnosed as gene positive for HD and with unexplained infertility, I didn't understand how I could ever be happy again. It was impossible to foresee a time when the pain would diminish but I knew that I didn't want those medical issues to ruin my life. I had the desire to find happiness again and made it my goal. I belonged to multiple support groups, I went through individual counseling, and I read memoirs about people struggling with similar things. I was constantly challenging my own thoughts, beliefs, and fears so that I could keep pivoting until I made my dream of becoming a mom come true. Even once that happened, I still had a lot more work to do. I had to learn to see the positives in my life, to view myself as more than my disease, to understand that my life has value even when I start to have symptoms of HD. I learned that the way I perceive my circumstances in life impacts my happiness, so I have chosen to look at my disease as a challenge to contend with, 
because that's more empowering than focusing just on what it will take away from me. I have decided to have faith in others and trust that they will be there for me in my time of need. It has been over 10 years since my HD diagnosis, and I am finally in a place of contentment. I am happy to say that I am living a more meaningful life thanks to the lessons Huntington's disease and infertility have taught me. The first being that our fears can keep us stuck. It's only by facing our fears, really examining them and figuring out their source, that we can move forward in life. Secondly, we all get to choose our own path in life, even if it goes against what our friends, family, and society expect of us. If we pick a goal and take small steps towards it every day, eventually we'll get there. Lastly, the way we choose to perceive our circumstances in life has a direct impact on our level of happiness. I know that a lot of people are afraid to speak up about genetic diseases, infertility, and depression. I kept those things a secret for a very long time because I was afraid of the consequences. I'm sharing my experiences now because I want others going through similar things to know that they are not alone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the She Speaks podcast. If you like this episode, please be sure to send us a five-star rating and review on iTunes to help us reach more listeners. For more information on our publishing services, please visit us at www.gcwpublishing.com.